forever. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories stories to Tell tell on the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, scary things that bother you at nighttime, um, spooky things that bother you at daytime, things that make you go, ooh, I wish I hadn't watched that on TNT, and now I'm scared. (laughs) I'm an adult, and I'm scared of my house. Um, It's also hosted by two comedy people who are stupid and we're not amazing researchers. It's a very chatty podcast. So if you're feeling like I need something chatty while I fold laundry, this is it. If you want like two hard hitting journalists, it's going to it's not going to be what you want. Um, yeah. Sarah Koenig, we are not. We're not. Know? We are in many ways, but we're not in other ways. We probably order roughly the same thing at Thai restaurants as Sarah King, Probably. But there are, there are some important differences. Too. Yeah. I've never met her, but I'm sure I'm exactly like her. <laughs> Anna, how's your week going? It is going just fine. I'm a sleepy. Um, it's hard uh, doing work in a pandemic. I... It sure is. And also when it gets dark at 2 p.m., it just like everything is wrong and off and bad. We all need a break and it's not happening. Um, <laughs> like even if you if you're like, I'm going to be in my house all day. It's like, well, that doesn't feel good either. So what's the answer? I feel like I am in a huge experiment of just how much I can take because uh, for a long time, the one source of peace and outdoorsy uh, relief that Chris and I get is by going up on our roof. And truly the other day, our building was like, the roof will be closed until further notice. (gasps) Why? Because it's like a gap. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if it has to do with the large amount of rain we've been having in Los Angeles oh. and maybe things are getting soaky and drippy. Things are, yeah, because um, this is the thing about L.A. that blows my mind as an East Coaster. You guys just leave like furniture and like washer machines and stuff outside. That's makes no sense. No tarps. Nothing. nothing. It's wild to me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's been like, I feel like the next thing, oh, and then our, then our, uh, our hot water was turned off for like a day and a half. Everything has just been like, it feels like our building is a vast social experiment where they're like, how soon before they all kill each other? Well, don't you have those wild teens in your building? We have those wild teens and occasionally we'll just get notifications and there'll be like a police helicopter above us that there's like someone with a gun in our building. And it's like, what is actually happening? This is why as a land, as a landlord, you can't have cool people there. Don't you sh- no. there should be a question that says, Are you cool? Dorks only, please. You need it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I feel ya. But something that is fun, Anna, is um, I don't know if you remember, you had this idea a little while ago that for the month of February, we should focus on the longest story in the Scary Stories Tell in the Dark trilogy, <gasps> which is called The Trouble. Oh, not to be confused with the Northern Ireland uh, historical period. <laughs> yes. The the plurality of troubles is very important. This is a singular trouble. Yes. Um, and I was gagged to discover, Anna, that we picked the month of February to read the trouble. And it takes place in the month 
of February. I can't believe this. This is scary. This is, too this much. is a ghost. It, this is a ghost. Um, and uh, so we'll split this up into four different Mondays. Um, that means there's probably going to be some weird cliffhangery stuff that also might not feel like cliffhangers at all, but we're all going to just forge through it together. Everyone feel cool? Everyone feel cool. That's a command. That's not Do a question. It. Everyone feel Do cool. Do it. We'll give you three, <laughs> two, one, now. If that was commanded to me, I guess I would just like undo undo the top button of my shirt and like shimmy. I guess that's what I would <laughs> I do. I have to say, uh, Meredith Scardino, whose show I worked on uh, this past year, has this wonderful oh, yeah. uh, three or four year old child. And she'll say he'll come into the Zoom, which is weird. A child that young knows what Zoom is, um, but he's looking right at me. <laughs> and she'll say, you want to do casual? You want to do casual? And she'll go three, <laughs> two, one. And then he'll put his hand on his hip, stick his hip all the way to the side, and then turn his head all the way sideways and go, casual. Oh, my. Really funny. Sometimes sometimes kids are really good. He's a really good kid. He does good bits. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I love when a kid has a bit. That's great. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, So, Anna, I'm going to start with this story. I I will first say... Should I send you the illustration? Because it opened. I'm looking at it. This one. Oh, do you want to read? This story, oh, sorry. The um the page before the story. It's in its own section. Oh, yeah. Is this the, I'll, the I'll read of the this. Story? Um, the Please. section. It, you know, like as you know, if you're a fan of the scary stories from the dark books by uh, Alvin Schwartz's illustrations by Stephen Gamble, they are three different books and they're separated into sections. The funny ones are called like "What's That" and like. Running Wild is about like <laughs> spooky like outdoor stuff and like five nightmares is just like weird stuff that goes wrong. And this one, this story is in its <laughs> own section. Usually it's like three to five stories. Yes. And the section is called What is Going On Here? Uh, when bottles began popping and furniture began flying all over the house, there were many explanations, but none of them was right. Then someone had a scary answer that could involve you. Very scary. That I remember reading that and being like, this is too much. I remember reading it being like, this is science. (laughs) That's the thing. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So the the illustration, the illustration is of no help to figuring out what the story is about. I guess maybe in the abstract, Anna, could you describe what the illustration is? I mean, where do I even start? It's uh, we're on sort of a, a white spherical, like a small moon. Um, in yes. darkness, and the darkness fades pretty quickly uh, to white. Like outside, of, like at the bottom right-hand corner of the page, you see like um, the this moon that we're on, and it's this cube mm-hmm. that has floated out. So there's a cube-shaped hole in the ground with some cracks in it, and like a little irregular side. And then the cube has floated out and is floating towards the top of the page. And there are, dear listener, the most epic Stephen Gamble roots of all time. Yes. Sticking out. Mm-hmm. Stephen Gamble, the illustrator, has these roots that he's a big fan of. They are curling and crumping and crystalling and curling all over. It's a real kind of cube mole. You know, it's yeah. like when you have a horrific hair that comes out of a mole, it's several of those. It's the most nightmarish version. It really does look like a cross section of like 
skin. Like here's a subcutaneous fat. And yes. I'm like, I never, ever want to know what a cross section of skin looks like. No. It looks like weird meat. I, it reminds me of the meat from uh, Just Delicious. Um, yes. It's it's hard because I just I just got started making beef bourguignon oh. and I had to cut all these like chunks of beef cubes. I'm so sorry. And it I hate how much it reminds me of that. I mean, not the tendril roots, but you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, you better you better check. Um, <laughs> you better double check. And there's like lumps um, on the surface, and then there is like one extra um, black ball that's also floating that has a shadow. Yes. Which is very spooky. It is. As a kid, I'm before I read the story, I remember seeing that picture and being like, "What in the hell am I in for? Is this cosmic horror? What is this?" Um, okay. The events in this story took place in 1958 in a small white house in the suburb of New York City. The names of the people involved have been changed, which I'm I know I'm I should interrupt. I won't after this, but I will say um, as a child of the late 80s, early 90s, the unsolved mysteryness of this story oh, yeah. fully terrified. Oh, yeah. Now I'm like, oh, this is real. This is this it's is science. science. And Anna, oh, it, it's just this this story takes place on the first Monday of February, and that's when this story oh. is going to be released. It, it, the synchronicity is it's a gag. Okay. I know you guys say it when we interrupt. I won't do it anymore, I promise. Monday, February 3rd. Tom Lombardo and his sister Nancy had just come home from school. Tom was going on 13. Nancy was 14. They were talking to their mother in the living room when they heard a loud pop in the kitchen. It sounded like a cork had been pulled from a bottle of champagne, but it was nothing like that. The cap on a bottle of starch had somehow come unscrewed, and the bottle had tipped over and spilled. Then bottles all over the house began popping. Bottles of nail polish remover, shampoo, bleach, rubbing alcohol, even a bottle of holy water. Each had a screw cap that took two or three full turns to open, but each had opened by itself without any human help, then had fallen over and spilled. What is going on here? Mrs. Lombardo asked. Nobody knew, but the popping soon stopped and everything went back to normal. It was just one of those crazy things they decided and put it out of their minds. Thursday, February 6th. Just after Tom and Nancy got home from school, six more bottles popped their caps. The next day, at about the same time, another six did. Sunday, February 9th. At 11 that morning, Tom was in the bathroom brushing his teeth. His father was standing in the doorway talking to him. All of a sudden, a bottle of medicine began moving across the vanity by itself and fell into the sink. At the same time, a bottle of shampoo moved over the edge of the vanity and crashed to the floor. They watched, spellbound. I better call the police, Mr. Lombardo said. That afternoon, a patrolman interviewed the family as bottles popped in the bathroom. The police assigned detective named Joseph Briggs. To Woo! Case. <laughs> yes! Detective. Detective Briggs was a practical man. When something moved, he believed that a human or an animal had moved it, or it had moved because of vibration or the wind or some other natural cause. He did not believe in ghosts. When the Lombardos said they had nothing to do with what was going on, he thought that at least one of them was lying. He wanted to examine the house. Then he wanted to talk to some experts and find out what they thought. And that's where we'll stop reading it today because Anna, there's a lot to unpack. There is here. a lot to unpack here. Um, first of all, the idea 
once once holy water once the pops are popping off a of holy water that markedly more scary to me because this ghost don't care what where this water came from who blessed it what it per- what its purpose is if it has a cap it's coming off it's coming off yeah this isn't like the holy water boiled and the bible shook it's no shampoo what i mean let, let's talk about it what is scary about this to you anna um it's scary. A lot of things are scary about this to me. And I also remember, like, as we do this podcast and talk about the stories, there are certain things where I'm like, oh, I remember sitting on my mom's bed or I remember sitting in my room when reading this. Like, And this is one that I absolutely remember being in my parents' room uh, reading it. I don't know if it's like I was looking for some sort of Freudian like safety feeling because this <laughs> terrified me so badly. But like, uh-huh. I do remember being scared out of my mind by this story. Yeah. Because it has like the date, it's got like Monday, February 3rd, all that stuff. And like that automatically just makes it sound real. Um, Mm -hmm. And it also has like a little prologue sentence that says it took place in 1958 in a small white house in a suburb of New York City. It's it's positing that this is real. Yes. If you come to me with a date and um, the color of a house as a kid, I'm like, well, why would this be fake? Why would you make that? Why would you make it up? Unless you're a scary storybook and it's number three and you need to <laughs> fill out maybe some pages. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I'm very chilled by this even now. I think this was also the beginning of being a kid. I remember feeling kind of proud of myself that I was reading a longer story and that this wasn't so short. And also there was something that felt sophisticated about it because the last name, Lombardo, I was like, that that's a real last person's name. Yeah, you know? it's quite Italian. Yes. And the suburb of New York, I remember being like, I know where that is. Like, I know we're outside of New York. Your mom's from there. Uh, That is where my mom is from. And I will say the memory that I have of reading this story is driving from New Hampshire to Long Island. And it was a rainy day, probably in the early winter. And reading this story and being like, this is all happening. You like like and also February third is my half birthday, and I remember thinking in a desperate attempt to like make this feel more about me as a kid, I was like, "This has some special meaning to me." This scary story. I cannot believe that you. Oh, sorry. I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh no. I'm glad. I'm glad. I can't. What if it was like, I cannot believe that I've been friends with you this whole this time. Is hell. I want this relationship to end. Oh, no. <laughs> I need to go to a brain doctor. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Lombardo. Nope. Ha- half birthday. Oh, I, that's what it was going to be. Oh, thank God that you just said half birthday. <laughs> I can't believe it's been half a year since your birthday. I know. That's messed up. It's very messed celebrated. up. It's also messed up that I instinctively always know when my half birthday is. It's bad. I know. That's, it's that's a bad with, uh, personality trait child. to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. It's well, not good. I, 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 it's like I don't know what my like moon rising is, but I do know when my half birthday is. And both are just as bad as the oh, other. So I'm not going to I'm not going to. Don't worry. We'll find out. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> Yesterday was Jason's half birthday. We missed it. Boyfriend of the pod, Jason. That's right. Very close birthdays. Really wild. Um, anyway, uh, okay. Anna, the other thing that is scary is like I can't imagine getting the police involved over a haunting. Like that was very confusing to me as a kid. Like, you know, like why call the police about this? I guess I understand the instinct. Like 
if if something yeah, if you're italian and you live outside new york that's what you do yeah <laughs> it's like it's not let's call the police it's let's call uncle jimmy um he is the police and let's get him in here um yeah uh i get yeah if something weird is going on it's like who do i call and it's the answer is ghostbusters unfortunately i'm realizing this as Mm, i say the sentence correct but like there's nothing to do i guess the thing would be like call the catholic church i don't know why they have such a a stranglehold on what to do when your house is haunted but even if it's just I, – I think it's because – I think it's because the Catholic Church has like books. Like they have they have a, a methodology. It's sort of like if you have bed bugs and you call the the people with beagles who like sniff out bed yes. bugs. It's like – it's not that it's actually doing anything, but it's that, well, someone has a plan. Like I'm calling someone with a plan. Whether it's effective or not, I just want psychologically to know that – it's like a placebo that you're on board with, you know? Right. Uh yeah, exactly. I think like The Exorcist was like free um, advertising for the fact that Catholicism oh, yeah. goes after demons. Although, like any other religion, like you know, you could do that. Yeah, but. no, no one likes to talk about it because uh, there is. Uh, I don't know. It's like if you are of a certain faith and you're having a real problem with demons or ghosts in your house, someone in your faith is gonna have some sort of plan. I think that's just how it goes. I kind of feel like if you're doubling down on on um, uh, any sort of denominational faith and they don't have a plan for ghosts and demons, you might want to, you know, put a little pressure in that direction, you know? Yeah, you got to figure it out. I do have to say, like, if a demon came out of my closet in my house, I wouldn't want to, like, call the gentle Unitarian minister <laughs> down the true. block. Like, That's I don't true. want the rabbi who's Who? like, actually, the Torah is just a metaphor. I'm like, no, I want someone who absolutely is out of their minds and like <laughs> believes things in a real way. I am trying to think who I would call in that situation. Yeah, let's picture it. You're in your house. Or... Um, I guess you mm-hmm. you knock over soup, but like if it was it had yeah. done it by itself, you watched yes, it like yes. hop across the. I also remember reading the story and picturing the bottle sort of hopping. Like in Beauty oh, and the yeah. Beast, you see that happen. It pops, it falls over. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Here's the thing. What I would not do, I would not try to like have any, I would not do like the the thing where taking it into my own hands, like I would not get a Ouija board. I would not try to communicate with it. That's not the vibe at all. I don't think I would do that. Oh, no, no, no. Never. I'm, I might call, you know what I would do? Like, um... Uh, we, we have a person who went to our school ended up going to divinity school at Yale. And I think I would just like check in with them. <gasps> Whoa, definitely. You know, cause I would just be like, what are the options here? What do we think? Um, they're a very cool person. It also is like, I'm opening myself up to a lot of different options in terms of like, who's going to be the most effective. Like, like again, it's not. I think I don't I don't know that I would call someone until I felt an ominous presence or that I was in some way at risk, you know? Of course. Um and I I think also like if I had kids and the kids were terrified, that would kind of jump start me to like take action. Uh but I think that would be my that would be my call. I'd I'd contact a, a divinity school grad. I guess my my real first thought would be after like calling Jason and freaking out I might call my landlord. Like, I guess if you're renting, I'd be like, you got to fucking tell me if it's haunted. And then 
my assumption is they would just tell you. Yeah. Or at the very least, has anyone ever said anything, talked about strange behavior in this apartment before? You know, yeah. what are the odds that they'll be honest with you? But I know they're like, uh, the um, exorcist is coming in five weeks. So if you just hang tight <laughs> until then, he'll do the whole building. I'm like, no, I have a problem now. <laughs> But this is – I think this is a classic mistake that, that that people make where it's like they try to contact the spirit. I've also heard that you should really not just do like smudging yourself. Right. That is it, – it's it's sort of like um, trying to perform an exorcism yourself. It's like you're borrowing something from another culture that you don't really understand. Uh, don't yeah, do that. Yeah. I also you know? believe it's a closed spiritual practice and you shouldn't do it unless you are of like – yeah. If it belongs to you. I think that's very true. And somehow, I don't know how it happened, but smudging became this sort of catch-all. I kind of – maybe it was Urban Outfitters. I don't know. Someone like <laughs> released a smudging kit and it was just like, don't do I definitely this. bought do a this. candle that was on sale for $2 and when it got here, it said it was Palo Santo um, scented. And I was <laughs> oh. like, uh, I feel racist burning this, but it is here. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. I think you're. I think you're right, Anna. It's like don't just don't just steal from a culture or faith on a whim because you feel like it's cool to don't do. Don't you do this? Because that's you're just then you're opening up. If you believe it, you're opening up a door even further to like uh, uh, an evil spirit taking advantage of you. You know? Yeah, you can't do this. Um, right. Let's talk about these Lombardos. How many are there? It's a mommy and a daddy. Tom is 13. Oh, it's just, is 14. Okay, so one and two. Okay, great. And the son is younger than the daughter, which we all know is gay. Yes. If you are a boy and you're younger than a girl, the you're whole gay, family's gay. Nancy's gay. Parents are gay. <laughs> and I know you guys accuse us of making things gay that aren't gay, but it is gay to have a your, your son be younger than your daughter. I will say the names Tom and Nancy about 80% of people between the ages of 45 and 85 on Long Island are Tom or Nancy. That is Those deeply are the two true. Most, most populous names. Is your yeah. father-in-law Tom? My father-in-law's Tom. I have multiple aunts and cousins named Nancy. Like yeah. it's, there's a, just a lot of Nancy's and a lot of I Tom's. think it's great. I, Chris has, so Chris's dad is named Tom, my father-in-law. And then, uh, two of Chris's uncles are also named Tom. It's a whole thing. Tom was huge in, in the 1900s in general. <laughs> I like that you have the last minute included everyone. That's nice. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. So yeah, so Tom is 13, Nancy's 14. I remember reading this and being like, okay, so they're adults. Yeah, know? I know. I was like, these are serious teens. Um, <laughs> Which it's funny. I remember, I think I remembered them being younger, but they are in fact teens. Yeah. Um, and do we, I guess we shouldn't say what it is yet. Cause in the world of the story, we don't know, but the right, phenomenon right. that they're talking about does often affect teens and preteens. And the, and the, pre, the preface to the story, right. says that this story might have something to do with you, which is a terrifying thing to drop on a preteen who's awaiting teenager. Yeah. You're already doing a lot. So, Anna, in the film version of this that would be in, like, the Conjuring expanded cinematic universe, um, who would play Tom and Nancy? This is hard because they're 13 and 14-year-old, but I'm going to say we're going to put no limitations on age. It's about the ethos of 
each of those two teams. I guess I pictured the Nancy gal from um, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not just because her name is Nancy, but also at older sister energy is huge. Yeah. What's her name? It is Natalia Dyer. Natalia Dyer. I would also throw in there another another Nancy playing a Nancy, Nancy Sinatra. <gasps> kind of an older, oh. like high boot, cool Italian. Oh, I think that's you know, great. Um, and then Tom. Who's a who's a good Tom? This one's harder. Finding finding teenage boy energy that will be watchable and fun is a difficult thing. It's real hard. And I know that the idea the eye goes to the other Stranger Things kids, but I don't know if that's a good I move. know. I I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's gotta be someone else. Um I know this is I know this is shocking to say. Okay. But I think it's gotta be Martin Scorsese in 1958. Like, I think it's got to oh. be boy oh. Martin Scorsese with huge eyebrows. Man, God bless me. I'm looking up young Martin Scorsese. Yeah, unfortunately, it 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 do work. It work. Oh, oh yeah. boy. This guy has young went Mar- to theater school and slept with all of my friends. Maybe we leave some casting for... Oh, that's that's good. That's good. We don't want to we don't want to shoot our ghostly load. That's oh, a horrible. Oh, Andrew, go apologize to the I, class. I want to say I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I don't think I realized. I don't think I realized until quite recently that shooting your load. I don't think no, I knew what that meant. Yeah, it was like uh, your camera load. Yeah, I, I think I thought. Well, it's like that means like. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. Anyway, I apologize. That was horrible. I, I didn't mean that in a dirty way. I don't know what the um, maxim for that is. Like, I don't know what the platitude is to say that. Um, to call in if you have a better way of saying that. That's not gross. Call in. We don't have a phone number, but just give a call. Give a call out. Uh, yeah, just call out your windows, as we've often asked of you all. Um, I'm just looking at these pictures of young Martin. It is so bizarre. I don't like thinking about old men being young. I, I that's a that's just oh, me. that's funny. I think it's great. I think I think it's much more fun imagining old women in like their you know twenties when they're like I'm taking on the world you know. But somehow with men, I'm like ah, you were always old. That's what I want. I know that is that's the way to go is to always be fifty. Uh, so Anna, before we go, I know we're leaving off on a on a cliffhanger here, but plenty more spooky yeah. stuff to come oh, with the trouble. Uh, yeah, and just as a capper, like I uh, cap, we're talking about caps. Um, I remember the detail <laughs> of the holy water being like, what kind of family is this? Yeah, um, like oh, they're like very Catholic. See, uh, we. My mom had a little bottle of holy water in her jewelry drawer, oh. which I remember thinking was kind of glamorous. My God. <laughs> Just being like, wow. Um, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, like uh, we we did have um, some holy water in the house, but it would be like, or it would be like blessed spring water from like Medjugorje, like a, a place that my aunt oh, like had sure. visited on a pilgrimage, like. Um, no, you go to church <laughs> for the holy water. Ants will go on a pilgrimage and you can't you stop. You can't. Them. They're already there. Go, everyone, <laughs> hang up the podcast, pick up the phone, call your aunt. She's on a pilgrimage. I'm sorry. She's, she is. And it, it might be religious. It might be just like, I wanted to find the best strawberry lemonade in the state. Like, it could be that too. But ants will go on a pilgrimage. And 
more often than not, you should probably ask if you can join because you'll have a good time. You gotta go. If you haven't been on a trip with an ant, hurry. I love an ant trip. Um, Anna, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Um, yeah, I had a nightmare that Ladybird, my dog, ran away. But oh, it was very realistic. Well, it was that she was at a dog park with my parents and uh, she got out through a gate because she was looking for me, which is a plausible oh, thing that could happen, I guess. Although that's very I sweet. do think really thinking about it that she would stay close to them knowing that they would take her to me at some point or that like mm-hmm. she knows them decently well. But in the dream, uh, a Holly Hunter showed up at my door with like a bunch of people as like the mayor of the dog park and said like, your father wants you to know that this is like how I found out that she was missing. They didn't say your dog is missing and here's what's going on. She said, like I was waiting for her to come home. And Holly Hunter said, "Um, you can, there's a restaurant near the dog park with tables and you can sit at the table and you can sit there and you can wait for her and anyone, if they know anything, they'll come by. Which is like a thing that my dad would say if he wanted to sell me on like going to wait with him for seven hours while he did work. Like there's a nice soup place you can go and you can sit. Um, that is so strange. And then like I was like, no, no, no. And like as I was waking up, I reached my hand out and put it on Ladybird like while I was still asleep. And like like oh. as I was waking up, I lifted my hand up and grabbed her and she was there, which was very nice. Oh, I'm so – that's such a good feeling when you wake up from a nightmare and you have immediate proof that it was a nightmare. Oh, I love that feeling. Really nice. But then I remembered all the work I had to do that day and I was like, uh, oh, not a good hard. trade-off. Like I, I'd still make that <laughs> trade, but you know. What about you? Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Yes. So I watched something called The Wolf House um, and it's a Chilean stop-motion animated oh, horror movie. scare. A stop motion horror is scary horror. It was very scary, but it was not in, um, it was unexpected. It was, it it sort of, I won't, I won't spoil it, but, um, the story is that this is a film that was found in a cult, like (gasps) a cult, like a cult community. They had made this movie (gasps) and, um, and it's about a woman who has run away from the cult and finds a little house. My and it, God, and I think it's hard to say. Like, I think you would, I think you would very much appreciate how gorgeous and innovative the animation style is, where um, it's shot in an actual house, and uh. the stop motion is a combination of like painting on the walls and um, like paper and clay and objects, and you sort of move through this house as a woman who's escaping this cult is uh, has moved into it. And she finds like two little pigs and the pigs gradually turn into children. It's very, very, very bizarre. And um, it's quite short, but I found myself completely enwrapped in it. And it made me feel very grateful that I don't do many hallucinogenic drugs because, because if I were, if I were at another point in my life, I'd be like, this would be such a great movie to get high to. And I feel like maybe it would cause my brain to split in two and then I would be wrong forever. Um, Could you please send it or where did you watch it? So I watch it on shutter. um, But I, I'm sure you can find it in other places. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, I mean, it really is. The animation is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Uh, it's not an outright horror movie in that um, there aren't like monsters or literal ghosts, but you do sit on the whole edge of your seat the entire time you watch it. And uh, and it, I mean, it is jaw dropping. The animation is really jaw dropping. I recommend watching it. This is so crazy. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is loosely based on a on a like a. Um, like a German cult that was founded, that was like founded in Chile. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's what my very cursory research uh, uh, found. But yeah, the directors are uh, Cristobal Leon and Joaquin Cochina. Um, and it was co-written with Alejandra Moffat. And so if you are in the mood to check out something very strange and surreal and creepy, I highly recommend it in that respect. If you are also running from a cult, maybe this is a little content warning that this might not be the film for you. God. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Very scary. Um, but Anna, I'm so excited about this, this month's uh, trajectory. I am too. And to share more of the story. Um, please write in if you're excited about um, the trouble. Also write in if you're excited <laughs> about the troubles. Um, I, I know. I'm very curious as to why you would be, yeah, but hey, sort of we are first and foremost a historian enthusiast deeply podcast. Deeply devastating all around, but you do you, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, and one other thing that you can do. Get, get out. out. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.